1: This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on.
0: It's time for Sex and Science Hour. (laughs) Welcome to the show. So glad you joined us. Said something like, Welcome to the show, bitches, but that's not very polite. (laughs) We like it when people listen to our show, we don't want to scare them away. Say, Welcome to the Freak Show names. Welcome to the Freak Show, yeah, I think that's pretty much appropriate. Name of
1: a Hinder album, (laughs) love it.
0: So, tonight it's going to be kind of a quick show, but never fear, we've got packed uh, a show that's packed with very interesting information. We're going to start out tonight. With, uh, we only have some limited time, but we're going to start out tonight with uh, three genetic stories and a bunch of listener email. Okay, sounds so great. Ready to go, Brian? Let's, Let's do get, it. jump right into it. So, what the heck happens when you send somebody to space? There's been a very interesting experiment that was done where there were two uh, adult men and they're twins, identical twins. Right. And they kept one of them on Earth. They, I don't know who they is, probably like the, you know, international space agencies or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure they consented to it, right? (laughs) Because you can't really exactly just launch someone into space without them wanting to go. (laughs) Um, So there's these two guys, they're twins. One of them goes to space for a year and the other one stays on Earth for a year and then they compare them when they get back. Right. Or when the one gets back. Um, so this is a write-up from Gizmodo, our favorite, about what happened with that and what's the follow-up. They say, after recent events, we're all ready to hop on the next flight to Mars. Yeah, I'm ready to hop on the next flight to Mars. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> when I look at my Facebook feed recently <laughs> with all the political posts and stuff. Oh. Yeah. I feel like I'm ready to hop on the next flight to Mars. One-way ticket, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, But before us Earthlings embark on a seven-month journey to the Red Planet, we need to understand how the harsh conditions of space can affect our bodies. Thankfully, astronauts Scott and Mark Kelly have willingly volunteered themselves as test subjects for NASA, which has been studying the pair since they've returned from their respective voyages in space. The identical twin brothers are the subject of a 10-part investigation to understand the impact of space travel on the body. Now, this is good, because like, we don't really know what happens to the body in space, especially Especially don't know about women's bodies and pregnancy in space
1: well yeah there's a lot of theories on uh, i mean which is very important well, if you want
0: to colonize a planet
1: right what happens in the long term mm-hmm. what happens genetically and all that yep. and and now scott kelly is kind of famous because he's been on the iss for like i think he might be the human that's been on there longest um, and he's done tons of videos from it, lots of like Q and As, and and all this. It's it's, it's oh, like, very I'm interesting.
0: An, I'm up in space right now. Ask me anything. Right, right. <laughs> As
1: to where Mark was. You know, not so much in space, but I mean... There, he's
0: the control. He's, you know, he's taken a back seat. Right. Scott was always the one who got all the attention from his parents, and he was always the dominant <laughs> yeah. one. You know, I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah. like, totally speculating.
1: Well, you can reckon... I mean, both of them are bald, but you, most people recognize Scott Kelly when you see him. He, yeah. Now, Mark has a mustache. Scott does not. Uh, and...
0: Well, they say when people are twins, they have to find some way to, like, individuate themselves. So oftentimes, sure. they develop very different personalities. Sure. Because of the environment that they're in, they're always with their twin and they have to find a way to differentiate.
1: And they do look a little different. It's not just the facial hair. It's not yeah. just that Mark has a mustache. They actually do look kind of different. But anyway, go ahead.
0: OK, so anyway, um, Scott Scott and Mark Kelly have willingly volunteered themselves as test subjects. So um, as part of this 10 part investigation to understand the impact of space travel on the body, researchers collected blood samples and other biological materials while the twins were both on Earth and in orbit, and are now comparing them for the aptly named twin study. While the full results of the twin study probably won't be released for another year or two, the first findings are in now. Samples taken before, during, and after Scott Kelly's most recent mission, in which he spent 340 days in space, so nearly a year, revealed changes in gene expression, DNA methylation, and other biological markers, says Nature. Nature is a foremost scientific journal, one of probably the best scientific journal there peer Pure-reviewed, yeah. Yep. Um, according to the team of scientists leading the study, that these changes are, quote, likely to be attributable to Scott's lengthy stay in space. The team presented their preliminary findings on January 26th at a meeting of scientists working in NASA's human research program in Galveston, Texas. The great importance of the study is to show that we can do it, says team member Andrew Feinberg, a geneticist at Johns Hopkins. I don't think people realized it would be so easy to do genomics on astronauts in space. While easy is a debatable way of describing these tests, they're definitely thorough and revealing. As identical twins, the brothers are genetically very similar. However, researchers found that while he was in orbit, Scott's telomeres, the caps on the ends of chromosomes, grew longer than his twin brother's. Though Scott's telomeres returned to their pre-flight lengths shortly after he returned to Earth, these results were totally unexpected, since telomeres naturally shrink over the course of one's life, and the stresses of spaceflight are supposed to accelerate this. At least, that was the idea. This is the exact opposite of what we thought, said Susan Bailey, a radiation biologist at Colorado State University. Um, So let's just stop down there. The the most important finding from this preliminary results of the study Mm -hmm. was that Scott's telomeres got longer. Now, telomeres are the 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 caps, like they said, on the ends of chromosomes. So that when your cells replicate, as they have to do, to like renew and replenish your organs and stuff, you know, like the cells inside your stomach are re are dividing and making a new copy of themselves every couple of days. Right. Because otherwise your stomach acid would just wear them down and eat through it. So they have to be constantly renewing themselves. So but every time they divide, they lose a little bit of length off the end of the telomeres. And pretty soon, when those telomeres run out, the cell just dies because it can't continue to divide and replicate itself without those caps on the ends of the chromosomes, or else it'll just be an error and it'll kind of blow up and self-destruct. So, I mean, does,
1: like... What happens to telomeres? Like, is, it, is that like this idea of cellular degeneration or? Yeah, that's like, the
0: idea that as we age, the telomeres are getting shorter and it's almost like a so like a time you. bomb. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like the fuse on a time bomb that's kind of ticking downwards. And eventually when you run out, you just die. And <laughs> right. if we could find there's been this idea that there's like some kinds of I think it's the blue whale or something. They're a very big mammal. Right. They're mm-hmm. like largest the blue whale is the largest mammal on the planet on the on the earth. Yeah, and um, they apparently have something with their telomeres where they don't run out of them or something. They're very long lived too. Or maybe it's like sea turtles. I don't know, some sea creature. I really need to look this up before. Well, there's that shark. The there's, there's the shark in Greenland. Oh, the Greenland the shark, Greenland yeah, it shark lives shark that like lives for like 400 years. Yeah, yeah,
1: ridiculous amounts of time.
0: Yeah, um, I haven't heard anything about that and telomeres, but there is like some association with the length of the telomeres and how long you have to live. Right. Now, I mean, the, so the lengthening telomere, Yeah, I mean... The,
1: There could be that could happen for bad reasons as well. Like, it's not just a net benefit. Am I to understand that? I think the article Um, might have even expressed this.
0: So, yeah, there's a thing. There's like a type of cancer where, you know, because cancer cells, right? Right. Cancer cells have to lengthen their telomeres. Otherwise, they would just burn out because the cell divides enough and then eventually you just run out telomeres. And it's like a mechanism to prevent against cancer. Mm. But there's an enzyme called telomerase, which can lengthen the telomeres. Okay, And that can get expressed in cancer cells and they can keep renewing their telomeres so that they, the cell can keep going.
1: So, I mean, I guess i what I'm wondering, is there the chance that Scott Kelly is not going to live longer necessarily because of this? I mean,
0: well, so they said when he got back to Earth, his telomeres went back down hmm. to the length, to the same length as his brothers. That's but interesting. While he was in space, they got longer which is really interesting because no one was expecting that. We thought or people thought that being in space was going to be sort of tough on the body and was going, there's going to be radiation flying around and right. it's going to, you know, kind of knock out some cells. And so you're going to expend more cell division and you're going to basically age faster and shorten your telomeres. But it was the opposite of what they expected and they actually got longer.
1: That's really interesting. I want you if you want to keep reading, I want you to keep reading. But I, I have some wild thoughts on this
0: okay well let's let's get into the wild thoughts that's more important well like i I,
1: so first off is that i do know you know talking about effects in the body more immediate effects that happen on the human body when Mm -hmm. you go into space is that with zero g like you actually look younger because your skin starts Your skin's
0: not sagging your tits aren't sagging down to your knees exactly (laughs)
1: like and when women go into space like they you know I mean, wrinkles go away. I mean, you know, based upon the, the lack of gravity, uh-huh. uh, you know, wrinkles go away. I mean, seriously, tits get bigger. Um, I, you know, in a, in a, do you
0: get fatter? Does anything happen to your body weight? Or I don't well, know obviously that you get fatter. There's... Your weight goes down to zero because you're not experiencing gravity. Right. Well, weight depends on gravity. But yeah. does your mass of your body change, I guess?
1: I don't think so. Though there is the concern, this is the number one concern you know, over the past few decades with space travel is, uh, bone density, de- uh, you know, degeneration, like, right. because, well, again, you don't have gravity, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's issues that come along with that. Uh, but I, I really think it's interesting. I mean, that, that space might be a fountain of youth. And- <laughs> yeah. It seems like
0: it based <laughs> right. on this result. Yeah. Right. And, and what at least in some ways, in yeah. some ways.
1: Yeah. And, and what's, you know, I, this is where I get into the wild thoughts. All of that is, pretty much fact but
0: oh you're going to ancient aliens no no i
1: never go to aliens because i don't (laughs) think aliens have ever been to earth and i mean that from the bottom of my heart um but you know like it there's i mean i guess it's kind of in that vein but some people propose the theory that obviously these people you know wouldn't end up in like a, a, a journal like nature that humans were meant to be in space Mm. like designed in fact maybe humans weren't even meant for earth like maybe they came from somewhere else <laughs> uh and and so you know this isn't like battlestar galactica or anything but yeah some people theorize that and when you see some degree of positive benefit i kind of wonder in fact they, they i i read earlier there was another uh, bit of, of research that came out out of this and that is is that the, it's like scott kelly's brain changed from mark's in that, but really, all that happened is you know, people are like, Oh, it's affecting their brains. All it did was is like the gray matter of the brain just kind of shifted around. Oh, a bit.
0: I heard that, yeah, 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 but that wasn't in the Gizmodo article, but it, some something said that,
1: right? So, but the interesting thing there is is that, well, the brain
0: seems to be able to adapt to a zero G kind of, uh, yeah. you know, environment. It seems like a lot of changes happen in the body in space,
1: right? Right, but I mean, like it can adjust, you know, other yeah. than the bone density thing kind of what I what I feel like a lot of the, the data coming out of this is that the human body, no, it
0: can actually handle this. Our and bodies like super are adaptable. so adaptable. Right. It's crazy. Like, we really do it both emotionally and physically. Yeah. Right? Like, we are really so much shaped by our environment and we have the capacity within our genetic programming to adapt to such a wide range of situations. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Are Even we...
0: radiation. You know, like, uh, obviously we don't want to test this with nuclear weapons, but no. the humans can actually handle... A lot of radiation up to a threshold. and there's a bacteria that can live in like inc- incredibly high amounts of ionizing radiation. Yeah, c- which could live in space. Or of course the tardigrade. Oh, yep, that little water bear thing that just turns into a spore and then 10,000 years later it pops back up. <laughs> Are humans meant for space? I don't know. Maybe we're gonna have to sporulate ourselves. <laughs> there's more coming up, sex science hour Hey, so Brian does a show called Sovereign Tech. If you haven't checked it out, you may want to. We actually are going to get into some listener email a little bit later that relates to Sovereign Tech and that's calling Brian out on something that he said on Sovereign Tech. So if you want to hear what that is and and you want to get the joke, then you should probably listen to Sovereign Tech at sovryntech.com. Brian actually has uh, me featured on his voiceover uh, intros on his podcast.
1: Oh, and lots of others. It's tons of fun. It's a lots fun show. Lots of
0: others. Yes, it is a very fun show. And so you can find that at sovereigntech.com, as we said. And also for Sex and Science Hour, are you subscribed to our podcast yet? If not, you should. SexandScienceHour.com has links to our iTunes and RSS feed, and also links to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All right, now back to the show this is sex and science hour thank you for uh, hanging with us during the break there i don't know i feel like we should have breaks in our show you know i think every show should have a break i don't yeah. know how people like talk it's, well there's two helps of us it you kind of reset you know yeah. switch gears yeah that's why people. i have breaks in <laughs> sovereign tech which you just mentioned you have no breaks on your mouth it just no, keeps running it just runs and runs you can <laughs> and listen. i mean that in the nicest possible way of course <laughs> Okay, so our next genetics article is actually about uh, earthling babies. Um, This is really interesting. There's a couple of babies. Get in my belly. (laughs) It's not about the babies getting in your belly, Oh, fat bastard. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, It's about um, babies that got cured of cancer. Well, cured for a year, which is a long percentage of their life, but not a very long period of time. Hmm. After a year, they show no signs of having a relapse of a type of cancer called acute lymphocytic leukemia or ALL. And the way that they got cured of it is by um, scientists editing the genes in, in these cells and basically giving them a transplant of immune cells that destroyed the cancer cells.
1: Okay, wait, so are the babies alive?
0: Yep, they're still alive.
1: Wow! So, but it took a year for the process. Well, if you want to read the article, well, it took
0: a year for them to follow up and say, are they still cancer free? Are they still cancer free? You know,
1: that's interesting.
0: Yep, I don't think it took that long for them to get cured, but it took long for them to follow up. Yeah, to be sure. So, yeah. So this is from uh, Reuters, and I think this is this is very good news. If, um, you know, if this is real, and if this could be if this model could be copied for other types of leukemia or other types of cancer, this would be like a huge deal in the so-called war on cancer, mm. which has been going on for 40 fucking years with very, very little progress. There's a few new drugs for cancer. There's a few targeted therapies. There's antibody drugs. But, you know, a lot of them don't work so well. A lot of people die of cancer. It's still the it's still up in the highest... Um, uh, the, it's like the number two or something. I think the number one cause of death for Americans over the age of, I don't know, 40 or something. Mm-hmm. So like if you make it to basically middle age, the things that are likely to kill you are cardiovascular disease and stroke. You can kind of lump that in to one because it's all about the cardiovascular system and cancer and diabetes. And, and those are it. Like those are all, yeah. to, a, to a certain extent, those are, it, with the exception of maybe cancer... Those are all kind of lifestyle diseases, so they're controllable. You can do you can do things to modify your risk for heart disease and stroke. You like not smoke, and um, you know exercise and eat a healthy diet, whatever that means, um, which is a huge subject, and we've talked about it before, but you know there are proven things that you can do to decrease your risk for heart disease and also cancer to a certain extent like maintain a healthy lifestyle um maintain a healthy weight and if you have diabetes keep your blood sugar under control that kind of thing but um you know other than that it's like don't get sick is the is kind of the best thing you can do uh-huh. for for a lot of those for for a lot of diseases especially when the healthcare system is just going down the down the shitter like faster than you can say Obama or Trump, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but anyway, um, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about these babies. So one step at a time, two babies at a time. Here we go. This is from Reuters. Um, Gene edited cells keep cancer babies. Well, one more uh, more than one year on by Ben Hershler. Two babies rescued from previously incurable leukemia after receiving infusions of gene-edited immune cells are doing well at home more than a year after the initial treatment, scientists said on Wednesday. Layla Richards became the first person in the world to get off-the-shelf cell therapy developed by French biotech firm Selectus at Britain's Great Ormond Street Hospital in 2015. A second girl was treated soon afterwards. Now the team involved in both cases have published details of their work in a peer-reviewed journal reporting that the two girls remained disease-free 18 and 12 months after treatment, respectively. Uh Wasim Qasim, a consultant immunologist at the London Hospital, said the two cases showed that the gene-edited cells were working, although long-term monitoring was still required. While both patients are now at home and doing well, we must treat these results with some caution, as we don't know if the technique will be successful yet in treating a larger number of patients, he said. Initial phase one clinical trials using the cell therapy known as UCART-19 are now underway in both children and adults. The idea of genetically altering immune cells called T-cells so that they can attack cancers more effectively is currently one of the hottest areas of medical research. But while other drug makers such as Novartis, Juno, and Kite have treatments that use modified T-cells extracted from individual patients, UCART-19 is derived from healthy donors and aims to be a universal therapy. That should make it cheaper to produce and particularly suitable for patients who do not have sufficient quantities of healthy T cells to start with, such as very young children. Um, So what they're doing is they're taking... T-cells, which is a part of the immune system. T-cells, naturally, one of their jobs in the body is to attack uh, cancer cells. Mm -hmm. But cancer has evolved mechanisms to hide from the T-cells, obviously, because it's, you know, there's a constant evolutionary arms race between um, cancer and T-cells, right, Right. where the cancer's trying to, they're both trying to outsmart each other. So cancer has developed evasion mechanisms to evade the T-cells that would normally destroy it. and. You know, every once in a while it gets really good at that, and then the tumor, you know, beats out the the person's immune system. What they're doing here is modifying T cells so that they can get around those evasion mechanisms of the cancer. And we've sort of talked about this on the show a couple of times before, but um, this is good because they're, they're using donor cells from, like, a, a different person. So in case it's a baby and they don't have a fully developed immune system yet, um, they don't have to rely on using the patient's own immune cells. They can use nah. somebody else's, okay, so and then they're saying like this could be effective against lots of different types of cancer, potentially, but they have to test it
1: so this is like what typo negative blood is to a blood transfusion. <laughs> Um, to t-cells almost because they're immune system. they're
0: saying there it could be a problem with graft versus host disease where the the foreign t-cells just attack regular healthy tissues in the body so that could always be a problem when you're receiving a transplant from somebody else Mm -hmm. but i guess in these babies they were young enough that it didn't it didn't really matter that they were okay
1: yeah i mean first blush hearing this like it sounds like and correct me if i'm wrong because you're the doctor. And <laughs> uh, it sounds like this is more of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? This is something you do after you find out that there's a cancer. Yeah. This isn't like, like some of the treatments that concern me, and we've talked about this many times on on this show, uh, you know, is when it's like preemptive. Yeah. When it's like preemptive genetic engineering, effectively, or, or genetic yeah. uh, uh,
0: therapy. We're actually going to talk about that next in the next article. Okay. Yep. So.
1: I like the idea more of, okay, you have cancer, we're going to do this treatment on you.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I agree with you, Brian, totally. Like, it, it's way more justified to do this potentially very dangerous treatment when the person is sick and they have no other options, right? Right. If you're already a healthy person and you just expect to age or something like that, yeah, you could say we're dying, we're all dying, right? But, In the Sylvia like, Platt sense, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's not really an immediate threat, and you could do more harm to your health. You could really fuck yourself up if you know, and and totally squander your health if something goes wrong, right? right. With this new experimental treatment, but with these babies, like they're going to die if you don't do something. There's no good treatments really.
1: Yeah, so give it a shot. So
0: why not? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> give it a try. If they get graft versus host disease, oh, too bad. Like that's not. It's bad, but it's not as bad as them dying of the cancer, which is what was going to happen if they didn't get any treatment. Yeah, all so. tragic, but at least you tried. Yeah, and
1: yeah, absolutely. I I completely understand that, but I think that's a very different. This isn't a direction I hear a lot of news stories about where i mean you could say that well medicine for the past you know however many hundred years hundreds of years that's what it's been about was treating not being preemptive Mm -hmm. Um, but at this at the genetic level like this i feel like that's kind of rare that you get the story where it's a treatment as compared to you know most people just go for the sensational story of which i guess we're going to get into of you know well we're you know we'll edit all this shit out you know before you're even born, you know, before you even come out of the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> come out of the womb. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, go ahead.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's it. Just a hopeful story. I mean, this may be. Coming, I like it. Yeah, this may be coming around the pipe. I don't know. Um, We'll keep an eye on it. Sure. For sure. Now, this is the next article is about what we were just talking about, Brian. Somebody who is preemptively um, going on a quest to hack his own genes. And this is from the technologyreview.com by Antonio Regalado. And it's about this guy, Brian Hanley, and he's trying to give himself gene therapy. He is not sick. He's got he's healthy, you know, by all accounts, but he's aging, okay. of course, like everybody is. And uh, he is injecting himself with gene therapy. Now, gene therapy is when you take a harmless kind of carrier virus, like the shell of a a carrier virus, and then you put a gene into that virus and then the virus delivers copies of that gene to your cells when it infects them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cause an infection like like a regular virus does. It's kind of one of these really low grade, low level viruses that doesn't cause a lot of inflammation. It's just there as a vehicle to deliver the gene to your cells. And then you start expressing that gene that was in the virus. That's gene therapy. Okay. So what he did was inject himself. He made this gene therapy concoction that would make him produce a human growth hormone, releasing hormone. Okay, And he injected himself with it. And so human growth hormone releasing hormone is a molecule that is normally made by the brain. And what it does is it tells, your, it tells another part of your brain to produce growth hormone. And growth hormone is this it, growth hormone is one of those things you may have heard about if you're like looking at sketchy drugs on the Internet that you could buy from a like an Indian pharmacy or something right. like that. I'm <laughs> maybe not an Indian pharmacy, but like you can you know, it's it's sold like people sell oh, this supplement is going to boost human growth hormone or whatever. Right, right, right. It's the fountain the of The natural youth. steroid. Yeah, the natural steroid. Growth hormone is a hormone that lets you recover from exercise. It's supposed to preserve muscle mass or increase your muscle mass or just generally make you feel younger and give you a spring in your step. Although the, the results when people just basically take doses of growth hormone, older people, don't seem to be as stellar as Mm -hmm. like when a normal young person just naturally produces a lot of growth hormone, right? Yeah. It may help athletes. Like if you're a serious athlete and you're training for something, if you take it, it may help you recover. But um, that seems to be the limit as far as I'm aware. Also, it's released during deep sleep. So a lot of people just don't naturally produce enough of it because they're getting interrupted in their deep sleep. They don't go right. to bed early enough. They don't sleep enough. They don't have it dark enough. They don't have the other hormonal conditions that are necessary to produce growth hormone. So maybe people are lacking because of those lifestyle factors. I don't know if injecting it or giving yourself gene therapy is the solution to that. But this guy decided to to, to try it. And what happened? <laughs> um. Well, nothing so far. I mean, he just kind of did it on himself. The article talks a lot. It's kind of a long article. We won't read the whole thing. But. Let me see if I can find the part where they talk about how the FDA is like, you know, doesn't want people doing this, obviously. It doesn't want people doing self-experimentation. Yeah. There's this other, there's this lady, Liz Parrish. She was very famous because she went on Reddit. She gave herself some kind of gene therapy mm-hmm. and she's the CEO of a, of a biotech company and she injected herself with this gene therapy drug And she decided she was going to do, you know, self experimentation. And then she went on Reddit and posted about it and was saying, ask me anything. I gave myself gene therapy. (laughs) And by all indications, she seems to be doing fine. Like it's about a year later, she's released some of her test results. They seem good. Like it it doesn't appear to have made her sick. Yeah. Um, And maybe it's made her a little bit healthier, but I don't know if this is like the cure for aging. Like there is a lot that could go wrong. Well, this I mean, this feels a little more
1: okay too, than like the idea of we're going to start, you know, wiping out genes within babies. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Definitely.
0: It's a step above that.
1: Right. Because, I mean, it's a you know, it's a person that's grown up like and he wants to experiment on his body a bit more. So first off, he has choice in the matter. Mm -hmm. Second off is that you know, he's already grown up. I mean, like he he's kind of figured out or his body has, you know, gone through the paces, uh, which uh, the main concern, I think, when you start editing genes and babies, you know, preemptively is that, you know, what problems are you going to create by doing this? Like, mm-hmm. are you going to, you know, like if you give a baby increased hearing, you know can they survive in a world where there's just noise all the fucking time as mm-hmm. to where naturally there, there isn't like, I mean, you think of these superpowers, not all of them are all that super when you consider what it would be like to just walk around in you know, the everyday world with them. Um, I'm intrigued by this, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I kind of, so I, I've done, I, do, do you have something you wanted to, to get into on this? Well,
0: I found the part in this article about the self experimentation. Sure. Go for If it. you want to read that. Okay. So, um, Hanley says he designed a plasmid containing the human GHRH, which is growth hormone releasing hormone, gene Mm. on his computer with the idea of developing it as a treatment for AIDS patients. And that's, by the way, I've done this for my Ph.D. thesis. Yes, you can design a gene therapy on your computer sure, and then you have to make it in the lab. But you design it. That's the first step in engineering a virus like that. Um. And he said, with the idea of developing it as a treatment for AIDS patients, but no investors wanted to back the plan. Now, that's interesting because AIDS drugs are always a political issue. And I think like what he's doing is kind of clever. He's saying the idea is that it's a treatment for AIDS patients. And what this is, what this is meant to be is something that increases muscle mass, right? A drug that increases muscle mass. Yeah. So you say, "Oh, it's for AIDS patients because they get muscle ma- wasting." Or it's for it's for people with muscular dystrophy who get muscle wasting or or it's for elderly people who have bad muscle wasting and they can't function. And people say, "Oh, well that sounds great and noble. It's great. It's to treat a real serious disease." but it's not really for aids patients i think he did this to increase muscle mass in healthy people as well sure. and and the, the aids thing is is totally just a cover right yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. just to mi- legitimize it in the eyes of people who don't believe a drug is legitimate unless it treats a serious disease for right. which there's no other treatment so that's the cover story but the real story is that this could be used in healthy people as an anti-aging drug okay right. so or he's hoping that it can that it can So but so he had designed it, and he said it was for AIDS patients, but no investors wanted to back the plan. He concluded that the way forward was to nominate himself as the lab rat. Soon, he located a scientific supply company that manufactured the DNA rings for him at a cost of about $10,000. He showed me two vials of the stuff he'd brought along in a thermos, each containing a few drops of water thickened by a half milligram of DNA. And yeah, there are There are companies like that. You send them a bunch of DNA, and they make you a virus.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's completely ethical. I mean, I get where the concern would come in. Not to say that I think... The what administration keeps, would come after them.
0: the price keeps most people out of that market yeah from making their own <laughs> of these things although i suppose you could do it in a garage you know if yeah. you're going to set up a all kinds of lab equipment in your garage good luck with that that's probably hard but i mean the the price tag keeps most people out unless they're an academic government funded researcher with or a pharmaceutical company or something like that
1: right so i mean obviously medical associations don't want this to happen because they're worried that somebody's going to create a super virus inside of themselves that's going to wipe out the human species i mean like i, I get that okay uh and you know but at the same time like there's nothing unethical about a human especially with relatively full cognitive abilities i assume you know, wants to do something to their body. I mean, mm-hmm. by all means, you know, rock and roll, do your thing. Uh,
0: yeah, that's true. I mean, we we experiment on ourselves all the time when we try a different diet or we try sure. a new exercise plan or whatever. Sure. Um, this is just kind of a level up from that, um, injecting yourself with something. I mean,
1: and this isn't even anything new. I mean, Robert Louis Stevenson, you know, J- Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, that that's that's yeah. exactly what Dr. Jekyll was doing. You know, Formula HJ7. This yeah. guy is pretty much trying Formula HJ7. Mm-hmm. Uh, and
0: yeah. And I mean, I don't know. People who self experiment in this way are fascinating to me because like was the goal all along really for just them to find the fountain of youth. I think in a lot of cases. Yeah, that's, oh, absolute. not to share that's absolutely the goal. Ooh. Yeah, They're not they don't care about AIDS patients. They just want the that? fountain of youth. I mean, <laughs> I now I, I mean, it doesn't say exactly this person's motivations. I don't want to ascribe that to him. But I think for, for some people, yeah, that can absolutely be the case. Sure. And because. Like, they're just bypassing all that stuff. Like, oh, well, you know, we don't need to test this out and get it, like, approved as a drug, and then I can take it. I'll just take it right now (laughs) because I can experiment on myself. And, like, self-experimentation with an N of 1, N is, like, the number of subjects in a study, with a number of 1, you know, that's not considered scientifically valid data. You need a group of people. Yeah. And you need to be testing something, right? Like, you have to have a... There's, you have to have some controls. Yeah, you have to have controls. You have to have placebo in, in drug trials. You have to have groups that are statistically matched to kind of make sure that you're not like you don't have error because one group is all men and the other group is all old people or something like that that would affect the results. So, you know, N of 1, it's like, eh, that's kind of sketchy. It's it's well, barely usable as, re, as evidence to say, oh, yeah, we should take this to larger groups of testing.
1: Yeah. I mean, like myself, mm-hmm. I'm actually going through an ex- a personal experiment right now, but it's totally N of one, you know. Uh, and <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: And I actually, I call it the Hyde Initiative. I mentioned Jake Lynn Hyde earlier, but the idea is, is there's a, you know, a certain series of supplements that mm-hmm. I am taking. And frankly, like, you know, I'm certainly not looking to cure AIDS or anything like that. I'm trying to see cause a lot of these supplements that I'm taking and they're all natural, it's, you know, quote unquote, natural stuff. Um, and not expensive at all. The idea that I'm I'm trying to shoot for is cause a lot of them say that they're supposed to, uh, like enhance libido or, you know, erections and all this different stuff. Now, not that I have, and please, I, I want to be very sensitive to people that do have, you know, uh, uh, ED or anything along those lines. Not that I have anything remotely like that. Okay. Quite the opposite. Again, please. I'm being respectful. Um, but I want to know, like, can you make somebody be even like a little more sex crazed, you know, more of a sex maniac with this? Right.
0: I st- I still just don't understand, like, why you <laughs> want to do
1: that? <laughs> like,
0: what's the point? Well, we have an
1: audience here and it's going to be all in a one. But but, I, you know, I I've already shared everything that I'm taking, mm-hmm. you know, all the different stuff, uh, you know, it's L-Arginine, uh, Fenugreek, Zinc. Uh, you know, tribulus all, you know, these, these different things. And at some point I'm going to write something up about it and, and just, just kind of see how it goes.
0: Well, for entertainment uh, purposes to have blog content. Sure. Okay. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, and that's, a,
1: that's as far as it goes. Like uh-huh. there's, it's not to like, I, you know, there's no function that I need to, to necessarily mm-hmm. fix. And to some degree, this is, I mean, it's not even preemptive. Like this is literally, you know, about, I guess, uh, uh, enhancement in mm-hmm. in a way, you know, and, well, anyway, I, I'm just saying that the, the spirit of what this guy is doing, I totally understand. And hell, I do it myself. I, I think I think a yeah. lot of people do to varying degrees. Granted, oh, I not think at this we all level, do. But, I, yeah. th-
0: I think we all do. Like if you try eating a gluten-free diet for a month and see how right. you feel, then exactly. you are doing this exact thing. And now and I just went on this whole rant about how N of 1 data isn't very useful in a clinical trial setting to like prove that a drug works for a certain disease. But it can be incredibly useful for you to guide your own life. Yeah. Like if you're curious about something, hmm, would I feel better if I started eating a gluten-free diet? Go try it. Just yeah, try it. There's That's really the only way to know if it actually works for you or not. Yeah. It's <laughs> and just... people are very different and not the same thing doesn't work for everybody so, you, you know, within a range, right? Like, <laughs> like I don't think anybody has their idea, ideal diet is like eating Twinkies all day and nothing else. But, <laughs> but, but like within a range, you know, p- different things work for different people. Some people do really well on like higher fat and lower carb. Some people do well like with more intermittent fasting. Some people do well with more frequent meals. You have to figure out what works for you. The only problem with that is that it can be very easy to make mistakes and it can be easy to be misled mm-hmm. because since you don't have a control, since there's only one of you, you don't have a twin. Most people don't have a twin. Kind of
1: like the Kelly brothers. And even if
0: you did have a twin, they're not you. They're not the exact same person. But the minute that zygote splits in two, it's two different individuals yeah. and they're different. So you you really don't have an appropriate control. And so... The only control that you can do is like try something for a month, and then go back to your old habit for a month, and then try it again for a month, and then sh- skip it for a month, right? Or, right. Or things like that. You can only use time as your as your factor. That's different, right? like at yeah. different time periods and not everything is going to be the same. Not everything else in your life is going to be the same between those time periods. So it can be you. you can play tricks on yourself. You can induce a placebo effect by thinking, Oh, this is working. Oh, I'm taking this pill. I feel so much better. And it's really in reality, not doing shit. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. You can fall into those traps. Um, but you know, have at it. Self-experimentation has some value too. I'm skeptical about this growth hormone thing. Yeah. But best of luck to him. Best of luck to Mr. Hanley. And tell us how it goes. <laughs> I'm sure he will. <laughs> this is Sex and Science Hour. There's more coming up. Hey, what do we talk about during this preview?
1: (laughs) I don't know. You got some great audiobooks.
0: I do. Yeah, I I have a lot of audiobooks. Speaking of self-experimentation, one of the things that people experiment with a lot is paleo and ketogenic diets. Oh, yeah. And I have two books that I've recently done about paleo and ketogenic diets. Now, they're cookbooks and they're short books, but they have information about what are these diets actually and why, why is it important. So that's something to check out. Another book that's very popular of mine is how to do no contact like a boss it's about getting out of abusive abusive relationships who is abusive? How do you determine what's a bad relationship and what's one that you might want to stay in? And if you determine that you do want to leave, how do you actually do that? It ha- the book actually has an action plan that you can follow, like a literal checklist, if you are getting wanting to get out of an abusive relationship but feeling stuck and not sure how to start. Love it. So that book is one of my most popular titles, and it sells really well. And um, you might enjoy it, too. Also have some free videos on YouTube. Um, just Google Google. Uh, let me reach that's the name of the the business that the author of that book runs and she is a life coach to help people escape from abusive relationships fantastic so so google uh stephanie murphy on audible and you'll find all of my titles there's new ones coming out all the time love it when you get my audiobooks and listen to my voice now back to the show This is Sex and Science Hour. Okay, we're in the third segment, Brian. We've done our three genetics articles. We've satisfied the science requirement, the science prerequisite. And a little bit of sex. If we were a college, we would pass ourselves because we've satisfied the science requirements. So, for the show. All right. (laughs) So, now we're getting into listener emails. First one, hashtag not hate mail. (laughs) iTunes review.
1: That's, uh, that, I mean, just starting off with that hashtag, I know. it's like, okay, this Even is going to be. Even if he be... says
0: not hate mail, it's yeah. like, okay, is it really hate mail? Yeah, it's, and it's like, well, wow, if you got to make sure,
1: this is going to get up. This is going to get bumpy.
0: <laughs> this is from Curious Joe. He says, The Golden Stallion said on his show, and the Golden Stallion is your nick, your nickname, your wrestling yes. name, <laughs> your I show name. I'm the Golden Stallion of your the Your stage world.
1: name. The Golden Stallion of the Ring is Ric Flair.
0: Woo! Who you, uh, Yeah, Yeah, I've idolized in the past, yeah. In the past? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't think it ever stopped. Hey, all right. The Golden Stallion said on his show, and I wish I could remember which episode it was so I could quote him verbatim, for some some very unambiguously mean things about how two-faced or idiotic or something else really mean people are who talk about freedom, liberty, privacy, technology, etc., and then ask you to use iTunes to leave reviews. I'm a very mean person. So you're really not. (laughs) But, yeah, you do have this, like, really inflammatory attitude sometimes on your podcast. And he Uh, talks about this. All right. Anyway, so supposedly because Apple and the other big boys are so bad, that's why that was your reasoning for saying that it's bad to ask people to leave iTunes reviews on their podcast. Joe says it stuck with me because I'm a listener of The Voluntary Life. I love that podcast. Which is another podcast. Yes, I do, too. One of my favorites. Um, I actually do do the podcast intro, and Jake, the host of The Voluntary Life, is our friend. Yes. Um, (laughs) So it stuck with me, he says, because I'm a listener of The Voluntary Life, where at the end of each episode, a certain soft-spoken temptress asks people to leave reviews on iTunes. It was a direct diss at Jake, and I did not like that one bit. But Whatever. I figured Sovereign Tech is at least intellectually consistent, since Brian never asks his audience to do that. But, and I appreciate that this is Sash and not Sovereign Tech. Sex and Science Hour, not Sovereign Tech, but still, same people. Then, you guys go and ask us to leave a review on iTunes. What the fuck? (laughs) No longer an issue? I'm sorry for the rant. Maybe this could be more of a comment for Brian to be a little less name-calling. Oh, name-calling. A little less name-calling on his show so he doesn't get caught in his own crosshairs. (laughs) Again, oh, you are caught in your own crosshairs. (laughs) All the time. No. (laughs) Again, big fan of both your shows, so please take this constructively. I'm curious how large of an audience he would have if he wasn't such an anti-NVC version of Ric Flair (laughs) and a little bit more entertaining in that wholesome sex-crazed way that he is. Hashtag not hate mail, hashtag love you both. He's nagging right. us a little bit, I feel like. He's like giving us no, kind of right. a backhanded compliment. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> or just you, actually. Yeah, he yeah, wasn't. He's really just nagging you. Yep. So, Brian, let, let's address this. Were you dissing Jake? No.
1: Actually, what, First like, of all,
0: what did you say on your podcast? Okay,
1: so I don't remember the episode either. Because, uh-huh. like, the only my show notes are for whatever like story or topic I'm talking about. And I know that this, I know what I said. I know when I said it and I know why I said it. uh, But I, it wasn't like a main topic. Like I didn't do a whole, you know, 15 minutes about why you shouldn't use iTunes or something like this, or why you shouldn't uh, leave reviews on iTunes. So definitely wasn't talking about Jake because Jake's content is so rock solid. And I, like, I, I consider Jake an absolute dear friend. Um, you know, he's just one of the best people on the planet. Yep.
0: So um, now I I, would encourage everybody to leave a good iTunes review for his podcast if you like his podcast. Sure, yeah. And while you're there, you might want to leave one for Sex and Science Hour, too. (laughs) Yeah. I'll ask for it again. Why not?
1: Yeah, yeah, and for the record, people have have continued to leave, uh, you know, reviews for Sovereign Tech. Okay, now, I I am not speaking for Jake. I am not putting words into his mouth. uh, And I'm a little skittish about even saying this. Because I, I don't want it to be, I don't think it's something he said in confidence, but I just want to get it out there that Jake has made the comment. And I'm not saying that this applies to him. I'm saying in the abstract in the indefinite article, he has said, yeah, but if you know that your privacy is going to go away, so what, then who cares? Now I'm not saying that's how he feels. I'm just saying that he recognizes that there's an attitude like that. Okay,
0: so I don't think he's one of those people that's super paranoid about privacy, you know, because he he uses a Fitbit. He uses he talks about it on a show. Right. He uses all kinds of stuff that tracks you. Right. So there is the line of thinking
1: that you can recognize that you are trading your privacy and that's okay with you and you move on.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: All right. Now, with, you know, with iTunes, like if you recognize that and you want to move on. okay, fine. Um, You know, I, I, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> you know so it had nothing to do with jake let me let me say what it what it had to deal with
0: yeah i'm curious
1: okay. let's explain there that. is a show called steal this show by torrent freak okay it's called steal the show by torrent freak it's torrent freak is the largest torrent news site on the planet and in each episode again this is talking about torrents this is talking about getting past the DMCA, you know, Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Yeah. This is about getting rid of uh, DRM, digital rights management that keeps you from making copies of shit. Right. Now, I know there's iTunes Plus and it's been around for a while and iTunes doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of DRM unless you're talking about the movies on it. Okay. Um, th- for this show in every episode to specifically say in no other platform, they say only one platform to leave us a review on iTunes is insulting. I mean, what, what part of this is hard? Like, it's a show about torrents, and it's telling you. <laughs> so you think it's hypocritical. It's for, terribly hypocritical. A show hypocritical. about
0: torrents to talk about. A show
1: about torrents, privacy, getting rid of DRM to promote
0: iTunes? <laughs> the fuck? I mean, <laughs> yeah. iTunes, in that in that community, iTunes is the fucking devil, you know? Is that is the name of that show, Steal the Show, is that a reference to Steal this Book? Yeah, it's 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 okay.
1: along those lines. Or okay. steal this album by. So it's an anti
0: IP pro torrenting kind yeah, of thing, Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 here they are saying, oh, give us a like on iTunes. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, you know, if yeah, if can, torrenting I wasn't can see a thing, the hypocrisy there. But they're probably just being pragmatic. I mean, that helps people find the show, right? Uh, yeah, but see that that argument with
1: because torrenting existed, that's what forced iTunes to eventually uh, adopt iTunes plus to where, uh, you know, there wasn't DRM with the music anymore because they knew they would lose to that. And that's my point is that when you stick to your fucking guns, you know, and, and they're right there. I don't think, I mean, yes, you can have DRM, but like, I think the consumer should have the option to not have it. Okay. Uh, you know, when you stick to your guns, it changes things. And so if you're just going to be pragmatic all the time, look, pragmatism in, uh, you, you know, that, that's like, well, pragmatism isn't necessarily incrementalism, but I think the theory kind of goes the same is that constantly being pragmatic, you're never actually going to get anywhere. It's just perpetuity in practice of whatever you're trying to be pragmatic against. Uh, so mm-hmm. anyway, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting heated up because <laughs>
0: yeah, you are. just
1: because I'm not mad at the, at the email or, you know, whatsoever. I just like this, this really drives me nuts. The other thing is, is that if no other podcaster is well like iTunes do you not realize how limiting it is for podcasts in general? Like, it is not in a podcaster's uh, a best interest to only have one platform that supposedly can make or break them.
0: Yes, I agree with that. Right. I do agree with that. Right. I don't really like iTunes. I've only... you know well, what it's I, terrible I stopped, software. It, I stopped using iTunes for podcasts in 2007. Yeah, it is objectively terrible software. In fact, people I know...
1: You know, uh the like, I mean, that are huge Apple users. They don't even use iTunes for their for their podcasts on their on their iPhones. Yeah. They use Pocket Casts. You know, most people do because they're it's way better. I mean, iTunes I I think is objectively shit software, and it's been that way for years. Um, y- you know, and so like to to constantly, I don't know, just to be like to be talking up how. Well, I mean, then there's the privacy aspects of Apple in general. That's a whole other thing where I think that, like, if you are concerned about privacy, again, if you are concerned about privacy, yeah, I, I don't think it's a good idea, you know, to, to be on board with that. Just like I don't have a Sovereign Tech Facebook page.
0: Well, you know, a lot of people, I can see what you're saying, Brian, but um, at the same time, a ton of people use iTunes. We We might not want to use it, but a lot of people use it. It's one of the most... Uh, popular pieces of software out there, even though it's bad software, yeah, and it's but, bloatware. It's big and yeah, but takes that, up a lot of room. And, I mean,
1: it's not as serious, but it's like saying, "Well, look, we need to use the U.S. dollar. Fuck Bitcoin."
0: And it's like, no, fucking. Well, why it, can't you use both? I mean, use the one that's popular, yes, so that people can find you. But then maybe they'll find yeah, out about Bitcoin yeah, because
1: you use both. It goes beyond that too, though. See, there's so much to this. Okay, and and I'll and I'll <laughs> and I want to. I want is your
0: show on iTunes. Your yeah. sh- your show is on iTunes, right? Yes, it's on because okay. I mean
1: SoundCloud like like pushes it to that. And actually Oh, SoundCloud. Does but it. it's okay. not just that. When I started it, like Sovereign Tech, you're, you know, when it first started was just very much like a consumer tech mm-hmm. show. It wasn't necessarily. In fact, like I even said privacy was dead. Yeah, like I was kind of almost an anti-privacy advocate until all the Snowden shit happened. Okay, so very different. It's it's there, whatever. I don't promote it. I don't I don't push for it. Um, you, you know, to be a part of that. But here's the other thing. Okay, is that a lot of Apple fans, Apple users, are assholes? Okay, now I'm not saying all not of them all. are <laughs> not all, hashtag but they're Nalt. No, not right. all like but, that. But they're very <laughs> arrogant and I, like I just I really think that that, that is. I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like it's the cool kids in high school and it's, you know, the freaks and geeks.
0: Apple does have this weird kind of cultish aspect to their products. You know,
1: there's there's people they won't sleep with you if you have anything other than an iPhone. That that is a known. That is, a, I mean, we we you know you want to get great great podcasters and great guests on the show to talk about that. Grab Kevin Cascella, He can tell you all about it. You know that, that really
0: someone wouldn't fuck him because he has an iPhone. No, he just he knows
1: about it. That, that there's the iPhone? Apple arrogance. It has, it, has a, it has a phrase. Oh, okay. and I just and I hate that, and I want that to like to so end. So it's not so much that I
0: mean, yeah, I think there's well, privacy concerns. Okay, by you like by you reactionarily opposing Apple and iTunes and Mm. saying shitty things about it and calling it names... What do you think that's going to do to the arrogant Apple fans? Do you think that's going to make them say, "Oh, he's right. I shouldn't be so arrogant. I'm I need to reflect on myself." No, it's, or do you think it's going to make them dig in their heels and be even more arrogant? No, it's
1: going to galvanize the people that are listening. <laughs> yes. But that's that's the point is that you got to get that passion about it and say, "No, nah, you know, don't you think iTunes sucks? Like that conversation needs to be had."
0: Oh, it's going it, to it's going to organize an opposition, that's what you're saying. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I oh and, and this is Who this cares? is the thing. Who
0: cares really? Well,
1: Because I do want my podcast to get out there, but I don't want to have to rely on Apple and Apple alone. And this is the problem is that podcasters just keep going along with it that, oh yeah, no, I just, I got to get a new and noteworthy on Apple. And I understand. And I sympathize. And if you want to, you go right ahead. Okay. But that is terrible for a market. That is so bad. Like, I mean, like that, that is death, you know, like, because, because you have to rely on this one fucking thing.
0: Yeah. And, okay, I see where you're coming from on that. Yeah. You don't want a monopoly. That's yeah. true. So, I now, want, uh, more options for podcasters.
1: Right. Now, the reason that I that I'm not opposed to it being done with this is frankly like I mean, yes, I'm a part of the show, but it's not like my show. You you know what I mean? Like and, and also it's my show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a very real sense, you, you know, like, I mean, this isn't, you know, I'm not going to tell, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare tell Jake. I, I'm really not going to tell other, I mean, if somebody's pushing like big for privacy, yeah, I, I think you have a problem if you're telling people to get iPhones, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, it, and that's the other thing too. iTunes sucks because it's not really cross platform. Not really. Uh, you know, no, it's not. It's definitely yeah. Not I mean, cross- yeah, it's available on Windows and the other thing, but anyway. That's, that's, that's really it. Okay. That's and, and your so, innermost
0: feelings about Apple and iTunes. I
1: can, I'll admit, and I'll say this right now, I, I'll admit that on Sovereign Tech, there have been times where I painted myself into a corner and I have backtracked and I've admitted to backtracking. <laughs> Do it. you feel that this is one of them? No, this is one where I, I know I'm right. I know that this is, <laughs> this is terrible for fucking business. Like wow. you, you, you want this idea that the only way you make it as a podcaster is by getting shit done on iTunes. I, I mean, it's a monopoly. Yeah, every, every,
0: I, I disagree with that, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Every podcaster should be saying, no, don't leave it on iTunes. I want you to find me over here and, yeah. you know, give me a review there or something like that. But they don't. And, well, and, there's
0: nowhere else to really leave a review for a podcast. Well, then,
1: then that's a great thing for podcasters to get together and kind of make that happen. I mean, people have tried to do that, and I know they haven't necessarily taken off, but that's because everybody's just like, "Well, I just I'll make it a big deal on iTunes or something." And and if you're an Apple user, I understand why iTunes is is a thing. I mean, it's like integral; it's it's part of the ecosystem and all this. So I I really do. I get it, but yeah. I just want to be clear, had nothing to do with Jake. There are certainly some people in the in Liberty Podcasters that it was directed at, but the main person that I was going after was the most egregious. And that was Steal This Show <laughs> from Torn show. Freak. That is just mind numbingly stupid <laughs> that they are talking about, you know, freeing. Uh, you know you know uh, uh, sharing you know uh, co- copy sharing file sharing mm-hmm. and and you know freeing from drM and all this, and you're promoting fucking apple, yeah, the, their energy.
0: so
1: sorry, that took so long to talk about. <laughs> oh no, that's okay, but... that
0: was good, that was good all right all right well, um last question from that email, why are you such an anti- NVC version of Rick flair Th- that's a question in there I think <laughs> well, that's that what was you're the, asking. that was the name he called you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, right. telling
0: you not to call names. Okay. I,
1: I mean, I can answer this quick if you want. Okay. I, I mean, yeah. I So this is a conversation I've had. I've talked about it on Sovereign Tech, actually, maybe years ago. And that was, you know, I'm a huge fan of nonviolent communication of NVC. I mean, I'm a yeah, big fan. Yeah, that's what
0: we, when we say NVC, we mean nonviolent communication the yeah. concept by Marshall Rosenberg of communicating and connecting with other people based on universal human needs. Right. So. And the feelings that they evoke.
1: Yeah. Now understand NBC does not mean that you never get angry. Okay. Or that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it just, it's a certain, it's, a, yeah, it's addressing needs. Like you said. Yep. Okay. So now I have talked with people who are also practitioners of NBC. And cause this is something I was like, you know, do I want sovereign tech to have that NVC presentation? There's podcasts that I have loved for so long that, that are almost entirely in NBC. And, you know we what we decided this this you know small cabal of people was that look you know maybe NBC doesn't do well or doesn't work best at all times for transmitting information
0: on Especially on a format like in, podcast in radio format that exactly. yeah, can be a little bit hard to stick to i mean i i get that um i guess i guess it's important when you're th- doing NVC, like so many people, they learn about NVC and they're like, oh, shit, I have to make sure everything that comes out of my mouth is perfectly NVC. It's almost like speaking Spanish or something like it. Nobody's going to understand me unless it's perfect. Well, no, because the main point of NVC is being authentic and communicating what's really going on for you. And if you're so concerned about trying to make it perfect NVC or censoring what you're saying because it doesn't fit in with what you know how to say that fits in with NVC, then you're not communicating authentically. right? And so it's being authentic is always the first priority. And so even if you say something that's that maybe sounds, I don't know, it has a judgment in there or it sounds like blaming or shaming or whatever, at least you're being authentic. Yeah. And maybe someone could hear you and, you know, not have to take it personally or whatever, hear you with giraffe ears on, which is like the NBC way of hearing somebody.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think I mean, no matter what, people are going to hear you better when you're being authentic than when you're trying to sound like some kind of perfect model of of some other form of communication or when you're
0: primarily concerned about how it's going to be. Heard or received right. rather than be, what you're expressing.
1: Yes, because even to say the other person wants to speak in NBC and they have their what's called draft ears where they're hearing the needs. They're behind listening what you're for saying, the
0: needs instead of being offended and taking it personally and blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a lot easier
1: for them to hear those needs when you're speaking authentically, even if it's not in NBC, mm-hmm. than if you're just trying to, if you're spending a half hour trying to, uh, you know, to speak, get it out, yeah, it in a way
0: that fits in with perfect NBC yeah. Like, I think
1: Marshall Rosenberg even did an example of that where he was asking for water. And, like, he was trying to do the, you know, like, express the needs of why he wants water. and eventually Right. He, he
0: wouldn't say to his wife... You know, I'm feeling very thirsty right now because my need for water has been unmet for five hours or something. You right. just say, like, hey, can you get me a glass yeah, of water? Give me some water. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's that's totally legit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean NVC is just a tool. So and it's a tool that, to my estimation, doesn't you know, d- doesn't fit with Sovereign Tech um and that's oh, at least not not all the time. I mean it just it doesn't like based upon the speed, the amount of information that I'm getting out there, a lot of different other factors and just being entertaining. You know, and that, and that's that's so key. You know, I like being entertaining. I like putting on a bit of a show. And uh and and yeah, that 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 takes certain things. That's not a knock against NVC. I I I mean, NVC is totally legit. You know, it, it's just there it is. Um and as far as me, you know, coming off as mean, well, Maybe that's just part of the show, too. I don't know.
0: Wow. Uh, there's a lot to unpack in there. I'm not sure if we have time for it all. No, but, I know, I know. But you have this expectation, like, from your childhood that people are going to not like you because you got beat up and bullied a oh, I have a lot. tons
1: of expectations. Yeah, I, I mean, I have tons of things. Tons. You just
0: think, oh, people aren't going to like me anyway, so I might as well just be kind of, like, mean <laughs> and out there.
1: Oh, it's, it's a huge conversation. Okay.
0: But, well, yeah. the music's playing and we got to get going. So, well... We don't don't actually have to get going completely because we do have the after show coming up. But we barely got to any of our listener emails (laughs) except this one about the hashtag not hate mail from the iTunes review. So, I don't know, maybe we'll have to save them for next week. you know, I'm curious before the show ends. I'm curious what people thought of the show with Andreas Antonopoulos. We may have a, another guest show coming up soon. I'm that not going to say fun. who we're with. I'm not going to make any promises, but we may have one coming up. So if you like the guest shows or if you hate them, let us know. Show at sexandsciencehour.com or a contact form on our website. See you next week if you're leaving. See you on the after show. You've if just not, heard Sex and Science Hour.
1: Game over. Play again next week.
0: sex and science hour after show oh my i'm just looking at the purchases from yesterday and we have a be a little shorter after show today so we have to jump right into it but what is the sex and science hour after show well it's where we talk about what items people bought through stuff.sexandsciencehour.com and stuff.sexandsciencehour.com if you go there will take you to amazon but it'll take you to our little corner of amazon where everything you buy through that link will get us a, a little cut and that's how we support our show And so we really appreciate everybody who goes takes the time to go through stuff.sexandsciencehour.com when they do their Amazon shopping. And it's also a really easy and fun way to create content for our after show. We get to talk about what people bought and speculate about why and all kinds of good stuff like that. (laughs) So... What did people buy in the last week on stuff.sexandsciencehour.com? Well, in the books section, we had Thoughts on Design, that looks like a college textbook about graphic design by Paul Rand and Michael Beirut. We always appreciate when people buy their textbooks on uh, stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. Graphic design is something that I've never gotten into, but I respect and appreciate people who do because, When you're good just, at it, you're good at it. When like. you're good at it, you're good. Yeah, it's totally. You can say so much with a logo or an image or like a picture. Yep. We also had We Are Legion from The Bobiverse, Volume 1, by Dennis Taylor. Bob Johansson has just sold his software company and is looking forward to a life of leisure. There are places to go, books to read, and movies to watch. So it's a little unfair when he gets himself killed crossing the street. Bob wakes up a century later to find that corpsicles have been declared to be without rights, And he is now the property of the state. Oh, shit. He's been uploaded into computer hardware and is slated to be the controlling AI in an interstellar probe looking for habitable planets. The stakes are high, no less than the first claim to entire worlds. If he declines the honor, he'll be switched off and they'll try again with something else. If he accepts, he'll become a prime target. There are at least three other countries trying to get their own probes launched first, and they play dirty. The safest place for Bob is in space, heading away from Earth at top speed, or so he thinks, because the universe is full of nasties and trespassers make them mad—very mad. Very mad. That sounds actually like a really cool. Yeah, kind sounds of book, pretty wild. Yeah? And I like the Bobiverse thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. In the
0: cell phones department, we have the Mophie, uh three milliamp hour juice pack for Motorola Moto Z. This is like a you know. Battery pack. Yep, handy to have. Yeah, definitely useful to have. (laughs) Um, In the computer's department, an Asus dual band wireless N900 gigabit router. Oh. $85 price point, and it's nice and flat and small. Playing with power. I feel routers are smaller than they used to be. Has everything gotten smaller?
1: Depends on the router. Some of them are huge. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The Samsung 850 Pro 1 terabyte 2.5 inch SATA 3 International solid state drive. Nice. Yeah, for uh, $448, one terabyte and 2.5 inch. So it's a lot of storage and small. What model number was it? 850? 850, 850, 850 Pro, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, good call. That's yep. probably the best
1: value you can get for, uh, for a solid state disc is yeah. the 850. They have the 950 series now, which is definitely superior for a lot of different reasons. But the 850 is still just a great value, great hard drive. I have an 850 in one of my laptops and it just keeps on ticking.
0: Mm, or, well
1: it doesn't tick but it keeps on going
0: right it it keeps on going without <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> making that annoying spinning noise. Yeah, yeah. i was just going to say we're recording this show on onto a solid state drive right now yep so very you have, cool uh,
1: of course you have an ocz in yours but yeah so anyway.
0: w- we should talk about my my new studio computer because i just got the this NUC. machine recently we got the intel NUC, and it has a solid state drive in it uh one terabyte yeah you got
1: one of the, you didn't get the skull canyon but you got one of the higher end ones um
0: and it's great. It's so fast. When I do my voiceover work on here, it's just perfect. Yeah. it has so the, happy.
1: It has the Iris Pro uh, graphics card and it has a Core i7, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I'm glad you've been very pleased with it because the thing literally fits in the palm of your hand. I mean, it's yeah. so, but it has that desktop power and it's so quiet. And it
0: doesn't make any noise. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's why it's great for voiceover because it doesn't have the fan and then it gives you background noise if it has yeah. a fan.
1: Yeah. I love the Nux.
0: I love the knuck too. I'm a knuck knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a knucklehead. So in the DVD department, we had My Neighbor Totoro, which is a DVD. Oh boy, what is that about? It looks like anime. Uh, oh yeah, cool. From um, the di- from the person who directed Spirited Away. I've seen Spirited Away. Yep. Um, Hayao Miyazaki. Nice. Yep. Um, in the phones department, we had. Well, actually, sorry. In the uh, in the electronics department, we had Mediasonic uh, super-thin indoor HDTV antenna with a 25-mile range. Now, this is a cool-looking antenna with a beautiful little blue pattern on it with starlight and computer circuits. And it's only $7, and it gives you 25 miles of range to pick up extra TV signal. Nice. Yep. Um, very cool. In the food department, which is always one of my favorite... Ah, uh, Soylent Green is people. What <laughs> <laughs> We have the Soylent coffeeest, ready to drink breakfast, fourteen oh, ounce okay. bottle, twelve bottles. Now, what Soylent is they call it this like a nutritionally complete drink.
1: It's a meal replacement.
0: it's, yeah, it's like one of those, like an insure kind of thing, but it's supposed to be healthier. Um, but it has soy protein and a lot of people avoid soy protein or soy ingredients. Sure. it's the basis of it is soy, as I understand. So, um, and it also, I think has sugar. It's not low carb, but, um, I don't, a lot of people love it and swear by it. Well, I love the idea. Like, I mean, I've heard, I
1: guess they've, they've done like a couple different formulations by now because yeah. wasn't there some kind of like anal leakage or some shit that was, happening? there was
0: something that happened to people. Yeah. They were yeah. vomiting or something from one of their products.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, well, it, it. In one vein, I can appreciate, you know, a slow, well-cooked, well-prepared meal. Mm-hmm. I, like, I really can appreciate that. And 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 actually, I've, you know, in recent years, thanks to you, I've, I've found a, a certain joy of cooking mm-hmm. uh, that I didn't have before. But at the same time, like, definitely my entire life, I've always wanted where, okay, give me, like, a can of something that is a meal and I will move on. Because I'm the <laughs> kind of person that, like, you know...
0: Uh, unless I'm going out to eat a you lot. You didn't get spoiled on that when you were in the Army and you had MREs. Well, we had MREs. But, well, that's the thing. I kind of like the MREs. Oh, my God. I, did. I mean, that they, they the all came with Tabasco about it, right? sauce.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that that and getting to jump out of airplanes. But, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, but um, y- you know, like I, I like the – I just – You like I, the idea of being able to grab and go, Well, right? I usually eat the – Honestly, like if it was the
1: right food, I eat the same thing all the time anyway, like all the fucking time, you know, like every night. And I'm not the only one. I have other great fr- you know, I, I can give <laughs> yeah. another great guy friend that I have right now that, that does he's the same way. <laughs> and so like if there was just something I could pull out of the fridge, drink and move on with my life, you know, because there's
0: so much to do. Yeah. It gets tiring and tedious cooking. That's totally true. Some Even sure. if you love to cook, there's some days where you're just like, oh, I just wish it was already made, you know? <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I can appreciate I can why too. this exists yeah. and, and the type of person that would want this sort of thing. But yeah, I, I, I'd appreciate a different formulation.
0: <laughs> well, here's a formulation for you. A gallon of soy sauce, or actually it's try me tiger sauce. Try Me Tiger tiger. Sauce is an exotic, moderately spicy blend of 28 ingredients in a cayenne pepper base. With a touch of sweet and sour, it's perfect for meat, seafood, and poultry. So ingredients, red hot peppers, vinegar, sugar, salt, spices. Yeah, that's. they don't really tell you what's in it. Whenever they say spices on the ingredients, that means we don't want to tell you what's in it. Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's ground fingernails. <laughs> but, yeah, this is
0: the first I've heard of Try Me Tiger sauce, but they bought a gallon of it, so it must be good. It's 40 bucks for a gallon of this sauce, by the way. All right. Maybe they have a restaurant. Um, the Wissotsky Magic Tea Box, 80 count. So this is one of those, you know when you go to a fancy restaurant and you say, uh, Waiter, can I have some tea? And they're like, yes, of course, I'll bring you a teapot and they bring you a pot of hot water and then they bring you a wooden box and they open up the wooden box very ceremoniously and let you choose which tea bag you want to put in your hot water. Mm -hmm. This is that box. (laughs) <laughs> oh okay <That's laughs> and it's handy. only 30 bucks for a tea ca- a tea box with 80 tea bags in it how about that should i'd have one of those around the house i know that's a good way we should we should get one yeah but usually the tea that's in there is not the greatest but that one looked that one looked better nice i mean it's like what's the point of having one of those fancy boxes if you stock it with like the lowest end tea you know what i mean (laughs) it's a good point so anyway pig on a lip or wait i was gonna say pig on a lipstick lipstick on a pig (laughs) all right um somebody also got maybe a refill for the tea box it's it's like a 38 pack of tea bags doesn't come with a box this one and it's the custom variety variety harney and sons premium wrapped tea bags And uh, so they have, like, a lot of different flavors in here. Ceylon, chamomile, darjeeling, dragon, jasmine pearl, hot cinnamon spice, organic assam. Oh, yeah. I'm a tea snob now. This is making me thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stop reading that. But very cool. In the health and personal care department, which um, is one of my favorites, we had a couple of sex toys, but those are going to be last to keep you listening. First, we had the... A Tech City Digital body weight Scale with Step-On Technology, 400-pound capacity. This is the best seller in the scales, digital bathroom scales department. This is, just, you know, scale, digital, you step on it, 15 bucks, tells you how much you weigh. Very important. Now, I, I feel like I do best when I either weigh myself every single day or when I don't weigh myself for long periods of time. Sure. <laughs> because yeah. if I weigh myself like sort of inconsistently, I'm like... Oh, shit, because my weight fluctu- fluctuates, you know, those three or four pounds that it goes up and down. And I'm like, yep. oh, my God, I lost seven pounds. Oh, my God, I gained seven pounds overnight. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> somebody got uh, B vitamin complex, Gero formula, B right complex, 100 um, 100- caps for ten eighty eight, and it even has a coupon so you can get 15% off uh, if you clip the coupon. Right. And like we talked about last time, Amazon relies on the fact that not everybody's going to remember to clip the coupon. So always clip the coupon. Never go full non-coupon clipper, listeners. <laughs> That's right. We had uh, from Life Extension, which is a popular brand of supplements that has, like, you know, potentially life extension properties. But they're not making any claims because they can't because it's a supplement, not an FDA-approved thing. Um, but it's Life Extension brand folate, uh, 1,000 micrograms, 100 tablets for 1280 Folate's cheap. And folate makes your hair grow. That's the thing about folate. Mm. Um, that's the biggest ingredient in hair vitamins, hair and skin vitamins, is folate. Um also helps with DNA division. All right. The part everybody was waiting for, the sex toys. <laughs> we had a, somebody purchased a Wand Essentials Vibra Cup Masturbator Wand Attachment. This is something that you put on top of a Hitachi Magic Wand or similar toy, where it's like a silicon sleeve that goes over the top of it, and then it causes it to vibrate, and then you can hold it against your bits, Wow. Okay. Yeah. 12.58 for a very um for a good time. Date. Yeah. F- fun time. And then we also had a giant bottle with a squirt cu- top <laughs> of Wet Platinum premium silicon lubric- lubricant. 15.7 ounces. Now, Wet Platinum is my favorite lube. That's not coconut oil or a natural right. oil. Next to coconut yeah, oil. Next yeah, next to next to oils, next to uh, plant-based oils or Maybe hell even animal oils I suppose. <laughs> um, <laughs> next to like natural oils, Wet Platinum silicon based lube is the best sex lube. Trust me on this one. Folks. I will agree. <laughs> yeah, you like it too, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I got some on sale once. I got like a he- I got like ten bottles of it because uh, it was on sale. Some some fell off a truck or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, a terrible accident. This is wet yeah. platinum all over. The yeah, it was all I-90. over. People were slipping and sliding all over the highway. It yeah. was terrible. Uh, somebody got an anime shower curtain. It's uh, like a tiger with a sword coming out of like a Japanese kind of sun with like the black, the gray, and white uh, stripes coming out from the sun. Can you see uh, that? Yeah. Twenty four ninety for a shower curtain. Not too bad if you want to have an I a- he was anime Naruto tiger. For a second. No, I don't. Nice. I don't think so. I don't no, recognize right. him. Uh, somebody got another. Anime shower curtain, Japanese Dragon Ball Z. Oh, shower on? curtain. Oh yeah, um, Goku. Oh, okay, Goku. nice And I hear the music coming up, so we're running out of time. But we also had a uh, lantern that goes outdoors. Maxim Lighting 1001 Outdoor Pole Post Mount Lantern, forty bucks, and an Alpine Tech Latching Button Switch. I know that's anticlimactic. Let's just pretend the sex story was last. We'll do the rest of our stuff next week. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Sex and Science Hour, our website, sexandsciencehour.com. Thanks for listening.